Come on, Simple Church, let me hear y'all this morning one time. Come on, I need some energy. I need some energy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're so glad that you're here. Thanks for watching online, all of those friends that we have from St. Louis to Washington to Hawaii, everybody. And of course, our campus over in Frisco. Give Frisco some love this morning. Come on, y'all. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why I'm telling you to give Frisco some love is because I have on their shirt today, but that video game museum, the National Video Game Museum is awesome, and we're giving away tickets for you and your family. You just have to sign up through the app. And you can go and enjoy a little getaway this Christmas with your family. And I promise you, it's a ton of fun. If you didn't see last week, go back and watch because we kind of show you the arcade. They have an 80s arcade. It's just so, so much fun. So make sure you sign up if you want to be a part of it. So welcome back for you guys that have been here last week. And for those new ones, thank you for coming because we're in a series. It's all about Christmas, the arcade edition. And last week, we talked about getting to the next level, that next level living. And if you didn't see it, go watch on YouTube. YouTube, because we have a whole YouTube channel. You can subscribe. Uh, you can see all the different things we have going on, including the pre-show, which we talked about so many things in the pre-show, having a little fun, of course, but then also the good that's being done, like the Creech family. We've been praying for them as they've gone through this year, so I would love for you to go watch the YouTube as we broke it down and kind of told their story. We'd love for you to help sponsor a billboard in honor of, of their beautiful Levi. So if you'd love to be a part of that, just go check it out, and we'll give you more information on that. But there's so many things in there. And when you subscribe, it's easy because then you can watch every week and find out what's going on. But what's happening today? What are we going to do today? Well, I actually brought my Atari all the way from my childhood, and here it is right now. Come on. Can I get an Atari lover out there somewhere, son? You go dig in your attic, and everybody thinks I'm crazy. I have space invaders in here, but this is what makes it so fun is everybody thinks I'm nuts, including my wife, because I have all this stuff in the attic, but it was sentimental. As I told you last week, it was my favorite Christmas gift for a long time because, man, we could have the arcade in our living room. We didn't have to go to the bowling alley, the skating rink, or the mall. We could have it right there in the living room. And the Atari was one of the first that you could be a part of uh, playing games with your friends and stuff. But I said last week that it was the first, and I was wrong. And you go, well, Justin, you couldn't have been wrong. Oh, yeah, I'm wrong a lot, but here's another one that I'm really wrong on. Let me put a picture on the screen for you. This guy's name is Jerry Lawson, and most of us have not heard of Jerry because I had not heard of him. And I thought, you know, who is this guy? Well, as I started researching for the series, we actually found out that Jerry Lawson is the guy who created the first video gaming system. Now, I thought, there's no way this story is kind of cool. It's crazy. But this is just about 30 seconds to give you a little history on how his gaming system actually came before the Atari. Watch this. Jerry Lawson absolutely changed video game history forever. He created the hardware behind the very first video game console that used interchangeable cartridges. But not only did he do that, he then was the first African-American to found a video game development company. He recognized how important it was 
to inspire new generations of people. When people come to The Strong and see these artifacts from Jerry Lawson, and they begin to understand that so much of what technology will mean in the future, it depends on what a current generation learns. It's a pretty cool story because, you know, when you're growing up, you don't know, you're just playing the game and enjoying it, but you don't really know the history behind it. Well, he created what was called the Channel F system. This is a picture of that, and it was the first to actually load those cartridges. If you grew up with Atari, you know that was the big part. You could have all these different games, and you could load into there. Now, I know what some of you are thinking right now. You're like, cool, bro, but I don't need a lesson in video games. I did not come here for the history of video games. I know, I know, but what I'm trying to do is I'm going to actually tie together a little video game history with a biblical lesson, and you're going to walk out of here and go, okay, I did it last week. I think it was pretty good. If you didn't see it, go watch it again. But this week, I think you're going to remember this one. And especially this Christmas, we need to remember this one. And how we're going to get you to remember is I'm going to take you back to the Atari. Let me put the Atari on the screen for you so you can see a little bit better. Instead of just bringing my own up here, but I want you to focus at all of these little buttons up here. Remember, you could go from color to black and white. Which, boy, that was a nice feature. You could turn it on and off. You could have game select. You have game reset. But if you'll notice, there's something missing. And you're going, what are you talking about? Well, if you play video games at all, you will know that most video games, they have what is called the pause button. You can pause the game. Well, there is no pause button on the Atari. This doesn't happen. There's not there. That's why we had to have catheters so that we could go and get to the next level. I talked about that last week. You'd get, you know, food there. You'd get drink there. And you couldn't go to the bathroom. I'm not joking. It was like, man, I will lose my place. You couldn't pause it. So you had to play through all of that. Well, here's the irony. When you go all the way back to the Channel F system, are you ready for this? It did have a pause button. I've highlighted it for you in red here. It was the hold button. And as I did the research, something interesting happened. As the developers of Atari started going to the next level and having a system that was going just huge, is they eliminated, they deleted the pause button. Atari was like, we're not going to put that in there. And I'm thinking, well, that's kind of weird. I mean, why would they do that? If the original system had it, why wouldn't they just keep it? But they didn't. Now, a little more irony, if you look at all of the game systems kids play today, there is always a pause button. I did a little research, put it on the screen for you, because whether it's PlayStation or Xbox or whatever, we, all of them, everyone is circled in red. It's kind of part of the game. Now, many of you are going, okay, Justin, I don't really understand the significance. Why is this important? What does this have to do with the Bible or Christmas or me? I'm glad you asked. Because remember last week, we talked about all of us are in this pursuit of getting to the next level. We're always wanting the high score, but in life. Sometimes that means a bigger house. Sometimes that means a nicer car. Last week, I showed you flying cars, which is cool. If you didn't see it, you need to go back and watch it just for that because it's on the horizon. We talked about phones or we talked about making more money. It's this idea that in our American culture, it is pushing for the next level. Go, 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 more, more, more. It's the way we are. And many times in that pursuit, as we talked last week, it leads us to a place that's not very flattering. And if we're all honest, especially at Christmas, this is what most of us experience. We are exhausted, we are frustrated, and many times we're just flat angry. Now, if you don't believe that, go to Walmart. Can I get somebody to say amen out there? It's just the way it is. You can travel around at Christmas and everybody seems to be a little bit more on edge. We can be ugly to coworkers. You can be ugly to strangers. You can even be ugly to your own family members. 
Now, what's interesting about this, it's supposed to be the most joyous, you know, holiday, fun time. But for some reason in American culture, in the pursuit of the next toy, the next thing, the next house, the next car, we begin to lose something in this. And then the Christmas movies come on, and ironically, they kind of play right into this. I'll put some pictures up. Probably recognize one of these guys at least. Famous Christmas movie, right? Scrooge. Now, why is he so famous? Because there's a lot of Scrooges out there. I could have put up the Grinch. I could put up a lot of different ones. It's like, why? They get angry. They're not really happy. They're mad because they're in this pursuit of whatever. They're searching for something that they don't have. There's another famous, The Wonderful Life. You've probably heard that. It's a Wonderful Life. Another classic. The whole idea is, is in the midst of the chaos, he begins to get his head right because he's focusing on the wrong things. And one of my personal favorites is one that's a little bit newer, not, you know, not modern, but it's relatively new, and that's The Family Man, Nicolas Cage. Now, if you've not watched that, it is a great Christmas movie worth going back and finding. I'm not sure if it's on Netflix or you know, Hulu or whatever it is, but you can go look it up. It's a great movie with a great story and great lessons. But my all-time favorite is not Christmas Vacation, although I do like it a lot. This might be my all-time favorite movie, and it fits right in with the chaos of Christmas and trying to get the next thing and what it does to us. Anybody remember Jingle All the Way? Watch. Every holiday season, there's one toy everyone has to have. I want the Turbo Man action figure with the arms and legs that move, and the Rocket Roar jetpack, and the Boomerang shooter. Getting it is every child's dream. Whoever doesn't can be a real loser. Finding it. You got the doll, right? Is this father's nightmare. I'll get that toy. I promise. Whoa! Nothing like waiting till the last minute, I would say. Especially on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Turbo Man, you're mine! They're all gone. These two are looking for a Turbo Man! <laughs> Where's your Christmas spirit? The last one just left. Now, it's two fathers. This is war. One mission. Woo! Oh, the baby. <laughs> and every man for himself. I think maybe, though, know, we could join up as a team. You know, like, like Starskin Hutch. Well, late delivery of Turbo Man at Toy Works. Let's go. Is there a problem, officer? You can never do too much to make a child's Christmas magical. Hey, buddy. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sinbad. I work for the post office and I'm unstable. Tell him. This man is totally insane. Thank you. Christmas comes but once a year. Jingle all the way. You picked the wrong day. Come on, y'all. Give it a little love, a little fun. Sinbad and Schwarzenegger, man, one of my favorites. Now, here's the question I have for all of you. Why do we love these movies? Why do we connect with them? Well, my theory is because maybe we see ourselves in these movies. We've all been in the hunt for the next thing. We've all been in the chaos, the rush of, hey, did you do this? Did you get this done? Have we got everything covered? And we see ourselves a little bit in these movies. And it's not always flattering, but we can relate to the characters. And maybe, just maybe, we're a lot like the Atari game system. And you go, what do you mean, Justin? Well, 
we also have deleted the pause button. If you really look at our lives now, we get so caught up in everything that's going on that we miss the most important things. You're so caught up in getting everything done and going here and we got, I mean, whether it's a Christmas party for work or if your family and your friends are getting together or extra schedules to try to have a little extra money to do this. It's just this non-stop one thing to the next. And there is no time for a pause button. Matter of fact, it took a miracle of God to get you at church today or for some of you even to just stop long enough to turn on the service online. You're like, man, I just, you just don't know. Dude, I'm so exhausted. I mean, I have to do this. I'm working. I got that. Boom, 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 boom. I get it. And believe it or not, so does Jesus. In Matthew 11, we see this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? And I can tell you, Simple Church exists because of this little phrase right here. I mean, I really don't like religion very much. You know, that's not really my thing. And Jesus is really the answer for me. And this is why when you start looking at what Jesus said, it's like, this is where it challenges even this pastor. Because am I tired? Am I worn out? Yeah, I get it. But then he says, well, just come to me. Get away with me. And then you can recover your life. And let's all be honest. I'm not talking about just coming to church. I'm talking about getting alone with him. Making enough time that you actually spend time with Jesus. Not just the ritual of coming to church. Not the religious activity of, well, I made it today. It's like, no, are you connecting with him? And I start thinking, even as a pastor, the guy on stage, the guy's supposed to have it all together in the lights, I can tell you, it's not always easy. Because we're busy. We got things to do. You got to go here. You got to do that. You got to get this done. And why does Jesus tell us to do this? Because he says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. I mean, evaluate your life right now, today. We're not even to Christmas yet. We Thank God we got a couple of weeks. But how rested are you? I mean, do you walk in and go, man, thank God I am rested and feeling ready to go? Or do you go, no, I'm worn out. I'm exhausted. Jesus continues. He says, walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Well, if you don't spend time with Jesus, if you really don't listen to him, if you don't read what he says, if you don't talk to him, how can we do that? How can we watch him? And how can we learn how to do it? I like this slide. He says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Now, I'm not a great musician, but I love music. And when you have a rhythm section that's good, I and mean, we had them today, man, you're, they can stay in the pocket. The band can play together. You're like, man, I enjoy that. Well, he's saying the same way life has rhythms, and you can't force that. You have to kind of be able to sit back and enjoy the rhythm. Then Jesus comes back and says, I won't lay anything heavy on you or ill-fitting on you. I'm not going to put too much on you. That's what church does. That's what religion does. Jesus says, no, man, my burdens, I'm here to lift them. I'm not here to put anything on you. I want you to have rest, and I want you to have peace. We talked about that last week. And then he said, if you keep company with me, you'll learn, because it takes learning, to live freely and lightly. <laughs> now, let me just ask you, how free are you this morning? How light are your burdens? Are you worried about work right now? Are you worried about how you're going to pay for stuff? Are you worried about your employees? Are you worried about the future? Are you worried about the stock market? Are you worried about, oh my gosh, how am I going to get the house clean? Because the family's coming. When are they supposed to come? I thought they were coming. We need to get, what time's this service over? We got to go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I get it. Remember last week, Jesus says, if you're following me, if you're talking to me, he came to lift burdens, to give you joy and happiness and peace. 
And what many people in the process of trying to figure it all out, including this guy right here, I'm going, all right, how are we going to experience this, Jesus? How can I really learn from you? And this is why, believe it or not, when we tie these video games together, you'll understand that we are on the pursuit of the next level like we talked about last week. And this week, you have deleted the pause button. And in those two things happening right now are why you feel the way you feel. It's why I feel the way I feel. So sometimes when you wake up, you're like, man, I don't know if I got it in me today. I don't know if I want to go to work. I don't know if I want to go to church. I, I mean, I just don't know if I can make it another day. Welcome to the club. I get it. So then, as I like to do, I turn you back into Scripture. Mark 6, so we can learn, see something differently. Jesus and his followers were in a very busy place. This is why you love Scriptures, because let's be honest, if you're reading today, you're not probably going to focus on this. You probably missed this verse. But because I'm trying to study and put it right out there in front of you, I want you to know that even Jesus understands how busy it can be. And his followers were on a mission bigger than our companies. And they were in a very busy place. This was difficult as time. And what goes on? There were so many people that he and his followers did not even have time to eat. This past week, this is the truth. Now, fat guys like to eat. Can I get some love out there? You know what I'm talking about? So I had a busy Friday. Really busy Friday. Not a good day at all. Had a bad situation happen with a child in the community over in Bossier. And just was tough, man. It was a tough week. And so in the busy, you know, in my own busyness, in my own trying to do everything, I'm driving home and I end up having a headache. I call Angie. Angie hadn't been feeling well. And I'm like, man, I got a headache. She's well, honey, did you ever have time to eat? Did you eat? And I'm like, this fat guy forgot to eat. He's too busy. Because I'm going, I'll never forget to eat. But I did not eat that day. And I'm going, man, this is exactly the scripture. 2,000 years ago, he's going, no, I understand. How many of you go, man, he got time to do that. I can't take a lunch. I can't do this. I got to go. We get it. So then Jesus says to them, you ready for this? Come with me. Where are we going, Jesus? We're going to go to a quiet place to be alone. And there, in that place, we'll get some rest. So I'm sitting here thinking, all right, if Jesus, who was on a bigger mission than me, I mean, he was saving the world, and Jesus had his followers, and all these people are coming, and all this stuff's going on, was wise enough, smart enough, disciplined enough to hit the pause button, maybe I should learn something. See, this is the part that we often forget. Jesus modeled, showed us the way to live. And that's why he said, come to me, I'll show you. Walk with me, learn from me. But we're too busy even to do that. That's why I commend you for being in church today. I commend you even for turning it on today. If you're watching at home, thank you. Because it shows a desire to say, man, I don't like where I'm at and I want to be somewhere different. Well, here's where I'm at today. This pastor, do not look at my life for the example of how to do this because I'm not good at it. My family tells me, my friends can tell me, and I know. So there's times where I start going, all right, what's the problem? Well, the thing is, is I got to go back and look at Jesus and go, all right, Jesus, I need your help. This is not a strength, and I need you to help me, especially at Christmas, the time you're supposed to be with family where the stress is relieved and you can enjoy some family time. You can enjoy the beauty of the season as opposed to being stressed out, angry, mad, frustrated. This is his goal. This is his birthday. This is the time to go, ah, 
And Christmas is busy. You got parties to go to, shopping to do. And then if you've ever had to clean the house, I can tell you, don't come to my house unannounced because you're going to be grossed out. I got four dogs and nine kids. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like stuff's everywhere. I swept yesterday for Angie because you ain't feeling good. I was trying to clean up because something about a clean house makes you feel at peace and, you know, good. Now, that may just be me, but that's me. So I'm cleaning it all up and getting it all done. And then I'm like going, what is happening around here? I'm like, Justin, you got nine dogs and 20 kids and everybody coming in and out. And all of that creates more busyness. Hey, I got to get this done. I got to get that done. And the next thing you know, you're like, oh, my gosh. It reminded me of another story. Jesus teaching us again in Luke this time, chapter 10. As they're traveling along, Jesus went to a village. A woman named Martha welcomed him to her home, and she had a sister named Mary. You got two women, Jesus coming through town. Hey, I'm going to stop in. And when they stop in, when Jesus stops in, listen to this. Mary sat at the Lord's feet and just listened to him talk. Have you ever hosted a party at your house and you're so busy you never talk to anybody? You ever been so busy trying, oh, okay, and you're just faking it, you know, and the next thing you know, you get home, oh, God, I'm glad they all left. I know y'all know I'm not the only one. I know you know. This is what Jesus was talking about. He's telling you this story. You're trying to clean the house. You're going to get the food ready. Everybody's coming over, and here Mary is just going to sit down on a rump. What's wrong with you, Mary? We got stuff to do around here. So Martha was upset about all the work she had to do, so she asked Jesus, this is classic, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me to do all this work by myself? Don't you know as a boss, that's what you're saying to me? Like, oh, you think I'm going to do all this by myself? You think you're just going to sit there and just talk to Jesus when I got this kitchen to clean up? Put your hands on something. Let's go. Tell her to help me. And then the Lord answered her, Martha, 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 Martha. Brady Bunch. Martha, Martha. You worry and fuss about a lot of things. But there's only one thing you need. Man, this is heavy right here. Heavy for me. I don't know if it's heavy for you, but there's only one thing you need. Mary has made the right choice. You mean just sitting down doing nothing is the right choice? And the one thing that will not be taken away from her. You want to know why coming today is a big deal? It's because if, if I'm not talking about this, you ain't going to do it. And you know how I know that? Because I'm talking to myself, and if I don't study this, then I'm not challenged to do it. We just get more and more and busy. We start going and going. The next thing you know, it's like, man, when are you ever going to just stop? When are you going to just talk to me? When are you just going to spend time with me? So if Jesus pressed the pause button, and then we see a story here, Jesus values the pause button. It's not like just going through the mode. He's like, no, this is a big deal to me. And he has for a long time valued the pause button. You're like, what are you talking about? You ever heard of the Sabbath? Now, some of you are going, man, Sabbath? Boy, you're going old school, cuz. All right, look, most of them don't even know what Sabbath means, so let's define it. Webster School. Sabbath, the seventh day of the week, observed from Friday evening to Saturday evening as a circuit for you here, day of rest. Oh, I should have circled in worship, although... Some of you are going right now, well, that's what I was here to do, brother. Listen, I know how this works, too. Many times we're so busy trying to get to church and go through all the motions, you ain't resting and worshiping. You're just trying to get to lunch. Can I get an amen out there? I love this. By Jews and some Christians. That's good, Webster. Because <laughs> not everybody gets it. And I'm one that struggles with it. But two is where it really nails it down. 
It's just a time of rest. If you want to know what Sabbath means, a big you know, definition, it's like, man, do you have a time of rest? Now, where do they get this from? Where's Jesus get this? Where's all this stuff happen? Well, it goes all the way back. This is actually God's idea. And it was reminded in Exodus 23, six days. And this is King James Version. Where are my King James Version people at? These are all the people. Oh, yeah. Amen, brother. About time we got back to the way it meant to be. By the way, that's not the original translation. Okay, just so y'all know. King was just the one. It was in Hebrew and Greek before that, but you wouldn't understand it. So thank God for King James because at least it got translated where people could understand it. And it's old school for sure, but I picked this version for a reason. You ready? Six days thou shalt do thy work, and on the seventh day thou shalt rest. Thine ox and thine ass may rest. Now you know why. I was like, man, that's too good right there. Even the guy's ass needed to rest. You know what I'm talking about? That's biblical King James Version. Don't you send me no email. It's been a bad week, son. Don't you send me no email. But this is what I'm talking about. It's like, all right. Even then, you know really what's crazy about this? And I pulled it seriously for a reason. It's because he was saying, hey, even your animals need a rest. You can't work them all the time. I found this picture. You ready for this? King James Version. Give him a rest. You can't just wear them out. So then... Angie, because, you know, we work all the time, whatever. I'm, I'm always late trying to find her Christmas gift. I finally found her Christmas gift, and I, I've ordered. It's come in, too. This is it right here. That's her little Christmas gift. If you need a little gift, let me know. Don't you send me no email. This is King James Version I'm talking about. That's King James socks right there, all right? What is it really saying? That we push and we push and we push, and you want to know why Mondays are so bad? You know why you dread Mondays? It's because you don't rest. And even in the Old Testament and the New Testament, you say, man, it's not just you that needs to rest. It's your animals that need rest. It's your servants. It's your workers. It's your strangers. You go look at the Exodus. It goes through migrant workers, strangers, friends. It was saying, like, everybody should learn to value this idea of pressing the pause button. But we don't. And now we're 2023. We're about to be there, baby. We don't need no rest. It's a modern world. Have you ever thought about why you're so exhausted and why you're sick and why you don't feel good? It's because you've not really worked in the rhythm of rest. And God who created everything gave us the example of Jesus, gave us the example of in the Old Testament this is why, hey, we're supposed to do this because it's the way it's meant to be. But we're smarter than that. We're more advanced. Our culture is smart. We don't need all that anymore. And our culture is getting faster and faster and faster. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you know, Justin, can you prove it? You tell me if this doesn't blow your mind. When you go to Home Depot and Halloween is right by Christmas. It's a fact. Dude, growing up, you didn't have Christmas stuff out of Halloween when I was growing up. But now we're like, man, we got to get there. Hurry, let's go. No time for pausing. No time for resting. Get everything. Let's push it faster. Let's go quicker. Even in the way we decorate. Let's just go, 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 go. We got things to do. And as a result, because culture's moving fast and we're just a smarter, we know what's going on. We make more money than ever. We buy more stuff than ever. 
You play more games than you've ever played before in the most cool and creative ways. You go more places than anybody ever before, more than your parents, more than your grandparents. You're living the dream, but there is a cost. You know what that cost is? You. You. And we really don't know it until it really gets time and that time catches up and it begins to break you because you can't do it. You're not made to do it. God didn't create you to do it. So then I thought about myself and I thought, man, you preaching to yourself, homeboy, and I am. Because if you're not careful and you don't really find the rhythms of life the way that God created you, and you don't give anybody a rest, yourself, and you just go, 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 go. The next thing you know, you're going to be Clark Griswold from Christmas Vacation. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Now, in case y'all don't know, I've edited it down to about 30 seconds because it couldn't be a four-minute clip because I couldn't go King James Version. Y'all know what I'm saying? But watch. Son. Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. <laughs> That's you, right? No, 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 we're fit to have fun. Come on, we're on vacation. It's Christmas. Like, Dad, are you okay? Let's go back to Mark chapter 2. On a Sabbath day, as Jesus and his disciples were walking... This is very interesting. They're walking through these fields, and disciples begin to break off the heads of the wheat, and they begin to eat the grain. So they're walking through, and they're hungry. And it's Sabbath for the rule followers. You ain't supposed to do that. You can't eat on the Sabbath. You can't gather grain on the Sabbath. So Jesus, God on the earth, that law is made to honor him, is breaking the law. For the record, Jesus broke a lot of laws that everybody thought was the right one to get them to God. But here's another example of why I love Jesus. He's breaking the law. Some of the Jewish religious leaders said to Jesus, He can't be doing that. What are you, what are you doing, Jim? These are Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious people. What are you doing? You can't do that. It's against our laws to work by harvesting grain on the Sabbath. This is so classic. So Jesus replied, Didn't you ever hear about the time King David and his companions were hungry? And they went into the house of God, and what did they do? They ate the special bread, like the communion bread. Of course, it wasn't communion then because he hadn't died yet, but it was like the ceremonial bread. That was supposed to be only for the priest, but they ate it. He said, hey, that was against the law too. Now, why would he do that? He was bringing up the fact, y'all know David. You know the Old Testament. You know the laws. Hey, y'all remember David? And they're like, well, then they began to just kind of trip him out a little bit. And they're like, hold on a second. What's, what's he doing here? And he was all setting it up to get to this one point that applies to you and me today. You ready? And here it is. But the Sabbath was made to benefit man and not man to benefit the Sabbath. What does that mean, Justin? Well, let me just break it down for you. When you get religion in your life, you want to start putting it on everybody and putting a burden on them. You ain't supposed to do that. It's the Sabbath. You ain't supposed to do that. And it's because it's religion and you're trying to, well, I don't do anything. Some of you even got a little private. Like, well, thank God I, I don't do anything on Sabbath. I'm, okay, cool. But what he was really trying to say was the Sabbath is not an obligation. It is a gift to you. You're not doing it because you're obligated and I'm religious and I'm supposed to. No, 
You do it because I'm giving you this gift of rest. And I want you to be at your fullest capacity. And when you ignore it and you break the law and you don't really do it right, I understand. But you're only hurting yourself. And I love you so much that I'm trying to teach you to set aside a little bit of time. I'm going to model it. I'm going to walk through it. I'm going to demonstrate it. But I understand you may not think I know what I'm talking about. You may not think that I really created the world and that after I created the world, even I rested. You may not believe that. But I was showing you all these things because God didn't need to rest. He was trying to teach us that when it gets crazy, and no matter how big your job is, and no matter how much everything's dependent on you, and I just don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. He's like, where do I fit into that? Do you have enough time to trust me? Do you have enough time to allow me to rest in that moment? That if you'll do what I ask you to do, that I can't handle things for you? Or, oh, I forgot, you're the boss. I get it. And so it's not about trying to do everything exactly the way the co-religions told me. They always like me because I want to spend time with you. And this was made for one reason, and that was to help you. The Sabbath was created for you, for me. Now, one last point, kind of a heavy point. Go back to the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 5. Don't ever forget that you were slaves in Egypt. Now, what is that all about? Why you got to bring up slavery? Why you got to bring up the fact that I was a slave? Why, why you got to go back there? But here's why. Because your God, I love the way it says, and God, your God, got you out of there in a powerful show of strength. Remember the splitting of the Red Sea? Remember the miracles that they saw because you were a slave, you were oppressed, you had to work. There was no day off. You didn't get any way to do anything. You're a slave. You work until I tell you to stop. And I'm never going to tell you to stop. And if you die too bad, then God said, I don't like it. You're not going to be a slave anymore. And that's why God, your God, commands you to observe now this day of rest. It's because you're free. You're free. You're not bound by someone else telling you you have to. Now, I know what some of you are saying. Well, yeah, I do. You don't understand. Okay, well, then who's really in charge? Is God in charge or is your boss in charge? And when you start ordering things out and trying to figure out who's in what place, do you start going through in your mind like, well, no, you just don't understand. If I don't do this, no, I'm trying to tell you he understands. He said, no, I want you to rest because here's the deal. If you don't, you're not going to be alive to work. Somebody said, well, Justin, I just can't rest. I don't have a pause button. I've tried before. I just don't have it. And then, well, then, then maybe you're still enslaved to something. I just got too much to do, Justin. If you understood how much work I had to do, well, then maybe you're a slave to your work, a slave to your company. Well, I have to pay for all that. Who's going to pay for all this, Justin? How do you, th you think it's just going to happen? Well, then maybe you're a slave to your desires, what you want, what you got to have. Well, dude, I just feel guilty, Justin. If I don't, you know, keep working, I feel guilty when I rest. Well, maybe you're a slave to guilt. What I want you to understand, Justin, you're about to make me mad now, all right? But my kids 
They got to have all this, and they got to have practice, and we got to do everything. The reason I'm on this crazy marathon is for my kids. And, and, and I know they ain't supposed to, I mean, we're not supposed to practice, but if my coach calls practice on Sunday, I'm practicing. Because that kid's got to have it. And I mean, this is what's going on. Well, maybe you're a slave to your kids, or maybe a slave to a coach, or maybe a slave to a sport, and that's where we are. Now, why do I say all that? Because, man, I feel you. I understand. I'm in the same world you're in. I'm raising kids. I'm working too much. Trying to help a lot of people. Trying to do a lot of things. Trying to make sure bills get paid. Trying to make sure church stays functioning. All of the things that you feel the same way. And my lesson today for me is, oh, you think it all depends on you, Justin? Oh, I didn't realize you were that cool. I didn't realize you were that good, bro. Well, then let me, as God, step out of the way then. And you just keep on doing you then. Let's see how this works out. I'm like, no, 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 my bad. That's on me because my bad. Uh-uh, Jesus, I got to have you. They said, well, then why don't you learn from me? Why don't you walk with me? Why don't you learn to trust me? Hey, why don't you do what I tell you to do? Not for the sake of religion, but for the sake of you. Galatians 5 tells us that Christ has set us free. You're not a slave anymore. You're not a slave to coaches, work, guilt. No, man, you have a free life. So take your stand. Take your stand. And never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. You're free. I'm free. And our battle is in this modern culture is we keep just getting sucked into it all. And rest is not valued. You're weak. You're weak. When the reality is, the more we work and the more stressed out and the more we push ourselves, we're the ones that are weak. And our kids are looking at us and going, so this is it? So this is how all this shakes out? I know what some of you are thinking. Well, I want my kids to learn from me. Well, I heard this story of a little girl came up to her mom and dad. She's like, mom and dad, I want to be just like you when I grow up. They're like, oh, you want to do our job? They're like, no, I want to be tired, just like y'all. <laughs> Think about it. What do they hear out of you? What do they see out of you? Pushing, grinding, angry, short, tired, frustrated, mean. Well, Justin, but these kids just got to learn. Dude, I got three kids. I got three teenagers. Now young adults, some of them becoming young adults. I get it. I'm not saying you don't teach them to work hard, but maybe, just maybe, I should be teaching them to press the pause button. Instead of when my kids come home, they look at me and go, Dad, do you ever rest? <laughs> I mean, when, Dad, when do you stop? Well, you know, that's just what men do. <laughs> then when I have a heart attack and I'm laying there, beep, beep, I'm like, I'm resting. I joked about it, but I had a pretty tough Friday. You know, Friday's my day off, quote, because you have Sunday you're working, and then, and then we try to take Friday off, but a chaplain for the fire department, and I'm telling you, I love helping the fire department and the nurses and the people in our community, and we had a really bad call Friday. And I was going to meet one of my buddies. He's here today. We were going to go eat, maybe. I was going, man, let's go catch lunch, because fat guys eat, man. That's what I do. I'm like, let's go eat. Let's go hang out, and call comes in. In the midst of it, I was like, all right, let me 
get my mind right, shift gears, and kind of get in there. And it's a bad day, y'all. Anytime a child passes away, it's tough. Tough on everybody. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I genuinely believe he gave me enough strength to be able to do what I needed to do to help in the best way that I could. Not perfect. Could have done other things right. But I saw nurses and doctors knock it out of the park, do everything they could. I saw firemen, first responders, paramedics do everything they could. And in the midst of all of that pressure and all of that stress and all these things going on, I'm, my buddy's trying to call me. I'm going to be a little late. I got this. And my wife, where are you coming? I thought you were coming. I'm coming. I'm sitting here going, all of these other things going on. And I thought, Justin, you're preaching on this Sunday, pausing. So what's your plan after today? Because the truth is, sometimes you do got to work, and sometimes you are called to go do what nobody else will do. And sometimes there's times where you have to work a little harder than others. But here's the one thing that I'm learning. Come Saturday, guess what I did yesterday? Nothing. I didn't answer the call for somebody if they needed something. If somebody, I'd let it go. I just chilled. Perfect, perfect example. Do it right all the time. No, I'm just saying that it helped when I heard the message to go, Justin, it's time to just get in the recliner. Shut it down. And the reason why is without the rest, you're not at your best. Hey, that's a rhyme and it's not in my notes. But it's true. If you don't rest, you can't be your best. And my goal, God's goal for all of us is that we learn the rhythm of resting. How to press the pause button. Psalm 4.8. I fall asleep in peace. I end every service. Peace. And most of you walk out of here and go, what I should end it is chaos till next week. When the goal is, as I genuinely mean it, when we say peace and you're on your way out of here, my goal, my heart, my prayer for you is that you will sleep in peace, that you will lie down, and it will not be because you're exhausted. It will be because the Lord alone is yours, that you have been connected with him, you've been walking with him, and he has provided you what you need to be everything you need to be, whether that's a mom, a dad, a worker, a first responder. And without rest, it just don't happen. You can't be your best. Last little illustration. You remember Snowpocalypse? You remember when the world shut down in Shreveport Bossier because it all snowed? And that was one of my family's favorite times. You know why? Because we couldn't do nothing. Some of you drove you nuts because you're so busy, you couldn't even stay still. I can't sit in this house. I can't do this. I can't. We were like, thank God, light a fire, baby. We done. It reminded me of this picture. I started searching online for peace. The bowl wearer's a good friend of ours let us go up to Colorado. We got to go skiing up there one time, man. They let us go, and man, we got to their house and got to just chill. And it wasn't this beautiful, but it was close. And you know what happened, man? There's something about snow. When it comes in, it, it dampens everything. It quietens everything down. There's something peaceful about that. And the, and the illustration for me was... Someplace I never thought I would see peace is in New York City. And I took my kids up there right after Christmas, one of our favorite times. And this is people don't understand why we don't have church. After Christmas Eve, we don't have church until the new year. We take off. One of the reasons why for us, for me, it's time to do nothing, to be with my family, to just chill, to refresh and get ready for a new year and a long run. And it may be just one Sunday off, but it goes a long way. 
But on that one break, we went to New York. And when we got to New York, this was the scene of what it looked like. We were walking around going, holy cow. And guess what? Even New York City and Central Park got quiet. And at the beginning of the snowstorm, we were there. I took this picture. We pulled them aside. It was just beginning to snow. And I remember our kids were going, Dad, there was something special about it. There was something unique. You know why? Because a snow day slows you down. There's something peaceful about that. So as we get ready to wrap up, this is what I thought. You deserve a snow day today. Now, the forecast is no snow. But you can still light a fire today. You can still get in the hot tub today. You can, I ain't got no hot tub. Turn the water on hot and get in your tub. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Go eat the cookies today. Read the book today. Rest today. Now, you need some inspiration. We had a volunteer party Sunday night, another party we had to go and all this stuff's going on and everybody's playing video games and playing and bowling. It was a great time. But I turned around the corner and I was like, here's the inspiration right there, son. Get in the massage chair, son. Relax. You go, there's nothing good that can come out of that. Well, really? I've got one other closing illustration. And you go, well, how can napping or resting or relaxing and doing good go hand in hand? Because you're always talking about doing good well. My associate pastor would like to educate you today, and I did a little research, and I found a good one. How in the world can resting or napping, anything good come out of that? Exhibit A from Steve Hartman. Watch. The Safe Haven Pet Sanctuary has been blessed. Uh. Blessed with one of America's most helpful volunteers, a true godsend. Want some treats? I think it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> Elizabeth Feldhausen runs the place. It feels almost divine in a way. Yeah, we are very lucky that he walked in here. The savior of the cat rescue is a brother at the St. Norbert Abbey in Green Bay, Wisconsin named Terry Lowerman. I've always been a cat person. To me, it's a blessing to be touched by creation. A couple years ago, this 76-year-old retired teacher started coming in to brush the cats. Yeah. But his mission quickly evolved. It just happens. Now, on every visit, as Terry settles into one of the many comfy couches here, he starts feeling the effects of all this meowatonin and becomes full-on catatonic. You sleep on the job. Yes, that's exactly it. Is this still volunteer work? Yeah, there's no salary involved. In I know. Song, no. I was stressing the work part. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, you can't have much expectation for somebody who's volunteering here. <laughs> but there's more to his naps than meets the shut-eye. By dozing off so comfortably, Terry has actually done more for this cat rescue than any conscious volunteer ever could. It started when the rescue began posting pictures of Terry's catnaps, and he went viral. Were you surprised by the fame? Oh, God. Pet and brush cats and fall asleep. And I should be world famous for doing this? Aww. World famous and a calendar guy. Even has his mug on a local coffee blend. For Safe Haven, Brother Terry has turned out to be marketing okay. manna from heaven. How much have you raised because of him? Near $100,000. A guy sleeping can have that kind of impact? I wish that I could fall asleep and make $100,000. The money has allowed the rescue, which caters to special needs cats, to expand its reach. Good kitty. Terry says it just goes to show that changing the world can be a lot easier than you think. When you retire, you can do all kinds of neat things. Find something and do it. 
I'll sleep on that. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Hartman on the road in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Come on, y'all. Put it together for that. Pretty cool story, right? As you get ready to walk out of here, let me pray for you. Father, I am the worst example of this. I don't do it well at all. But as I read these stories, look at the scripture, I know I got a lot of work to do. So I admit it and I ask you to help me. Lord, change me. Help me to be disciplined enough to follow the examples you've set. I know that I'm not alone, so I pray you'd help them as well as they walk through this. And then as we leave and we get into the chaos of this world, especially this time of year, help us not to miss what's most important. Help us to spend time with you, to spend time with our family, to learn the value of pressing the pause button the way you did and the way that you taught us to. Lord, if there's somebody who's never given their life to you today, I pray that in the midst of all the chaos, they would see you, not religion, not church, but they would see how awesome you truly are and they would surrender to you. And as they do that, that as they follow you, as you told us to, they would become more like you and we would get into the rhythm of the life that you've created for us. We thank you, Jesus, for fresh starts, for new beginnings, for challenges, for opportunities to walk out of these doors and be different. We thank you, God, that you allow us that, that great privilege. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.